As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, this is our podcast, Mags and Dad's Wholesome Chaos, and thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us and listening to this episode. That is Maggie Thurman coming to you from Los Angeles, TikTok superstar, actress extraordinaire, and also my daughter. How you doing today, Mags? I'm doing good, and my co-host is my dad, Dan Thurman, motivational speaker, TikToker, um, and yeah, we've also got two other people in the studio, my mom, Shilia Thurman, Shay Thurman, um, she goes by both, and my brother, Eddie Thurman. You've got the whole Thurman family once again today, and we're so glad to be a part of your life. Thank you for um, listening to this podcast where we hope to bring you some laughs as well as some ideas that you could use in your life and with your family to just do life a little bit better, make it happen. So what's, And this is episode 30. I, yeah. 30 episodes. Incredible. weeks. I remember when it was episode 10 and I brought in the balloon with the 10 on it to like celebrate episode 10 with you in the studio. That seems like it was that. 20 episodes ago. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. Time flies when you're making podcasts. So, I I watched a movie last night. I um <laughs> I had some friends over. We've done this thing a few times where a few of my friends come over and we like bake together or cook dinner and then watch a movie or something. It's it's really wholesome. We just come over, we go grocery shopping together and then we cooked together, and last time we made a pie for Thanksgiving that we spent a long, long time on, and it turned out to be soup. It was really not good, <laughs> so we decided to have another go at it. We made some really good um, marinara and ricotta and kale pasta along that with sounds some. Good. I yeah, I baked some carrots. Um, and then we had ice cream for dessert, and it was really good. Um, well, this is because Blythe is actually in cooking school, right? Yeah, she's a culinary student. A culinary um, student. And the last time she, when she made the pie, I have this theory where I've always been like, are we sure she's a culinary student? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> has anyone ever seen her cook? Um, <laughs> for all we know, she could be buying these things she gives to us. Um, yesterday was a little the, more successful, huh? Yeah, and then it was like, okay, the one time we did see her cook, we made a pie, and it was terrible. And so I, I had my skepticism, but yesterday it turned out really good, and afterwards we decided to watch a movie. And it took us a long time to decide on what to watch. Um, and finally, ugh, see, I hate that it was even my idea. I was like, you know what movie I've wanted to see for a long time? I don't know a ton about it, but I know Florence Pugh's in it, and I, I, I think she's great. Um, and I, I suggested Midsummer, 
And two of two of the people here had seen it, and then the other two of us had not. I haven't heard and about so it. They, what is you it? You haven't heard about it? No. Okay, this is where I wanted Eddie to chime in, because Eddie, have you seen Midsummer? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. And yeah, it's it looks really cool. Y'all scarred like i i expected it to be more psychologically like messed up without without giving away anything because this is kind of what i knew beforehand was it's about a cult it's about like a cult society where like new people come into it like outsiders and you kind of like experience their lifestyle and stuff like that nobody told me how graphic it was oh no where we literally we finished this movie it's like 10 30 or whatever and i was so mad at everyone because i was like you guys knew what this movie was we watched it and now all of you are gonna leave me and i have to like <laughs> you try and go to it. sleep i know but that's because i love florence Pugh, not because i yeah, i like awesome. seeing scary things well at least you had your friends with you for a little while as you were watching it <laughs> Yeah, I went to sleep. It wasn't um, like the new unbreakable girl. Kimmy Schmidt. No, I, I played New Girl. They Ooh. that that calmed me down a little bit. I played New Girl until I was too tired <laughs> to keep my eyes open. Totally, that's our that's our go to show when um, when we watch something disturbing. Maggie and I will put on New Girl. <laughs> I love New Girl. It's yeah. one of my favorite shows. Maggie, did you know what Midsummer was about at all, or like the type of vibe that it was going to be before you watched it? I did, and I've seen certain scenes from it, like this one scene that was, like, really gross, I guess. And I expected that to be the worst part, and it just wasn't in the slightest. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There was this one thing in particular that happens pretty early on that's just, like, super-duper graphic, Mm -hmm. and I literally was on this couch, like, yelling at my friends, like, you didn't tell me that was going to happen! And I was under the covers, like, with my ears closed, singing Be Happy by Dixie D'Amelio because that was putting me in a better place. Oh. Um, it was like the only thing I was doing to calm down. Um, and then and then they're like, it's over, it's over. So I came back up and then I think it was three more times throughout the movie, they like flashed back to it. And every time I just started screaming. And I'm usually not that annoying person. Like I'm usually okay with horror, but it was terrifying. Like Oh my goodness! Certain images you can never unsee. So well, listen, Florence did an amazing job. Yeah, I'm sure she did. But listen, this is wholesome chaos, and we don't want to start <laughs> by talking about like horrific, very graphic, ugly movies. So let me just close this little segment here with a little public service announcement for our parents and kids out there who are listening. You know, be very careful about what you watch because what you put mm-hmm. in your brain, you can't unsee. And so, uh, yeah, just use that filter. That's- that's something I think I've become a lot more aware of as I've gotten older. Yeah. Where when I was younger, it was kind of like, okay, how far can we push the limits so I can watch everything, even though like people don't want me to watch it, like scary things or older things. And now I'm just, I've always known that like visual things stick with me. Um, and I feel like now I hadn't watched a horror movie in a long time. And again, that wasn't really a horror movie. It was like a psychological, um, like cult movie, but I'm a lot more aware of that where it's not like, okay, I want to see everything I can just because I can. Now it's like, no, I want to be conscious of what I put in my mind. Yes. Because it does stick with you. A hundred percent. A really fun thing to do to take your mind off stuff is maybe go check out Girlfriend Collective and do a little shopping. I 
love shopping, so that is an incredible idea. And I love shopping with Girlfriend Collective. Look at mom with the segues. I know. The whole family's in on the Segway act now. That's awesome. (laughs) Eddie, you're going to be up soon. (laughs) (laughs) Working out is hard enough as it is. I think we can agree on that. So you might as well make what you're wearing an easy decision. Girlfriend Collective makes sustainable, soft, supportive activewear that feels as good as it looks. So you can look forward to moving your body. Girlfriend Collective creates responsibly sourced activewear for everyone from size extra, extra small to 6XL. I love this brand, guys. Um, they've got you covered from head to toe. You can find pants with different compression levels for ultimate comfort, supportive and soft bras and underwear, workout dresses, joggers, sweats, beanies, and even cute slide sandals, literally anything you could want. And Girlfriend Collective makes their items your go-to staple colors, but also they have fun and bright colors and new seasonal releases to choose from. They also, this is so cool. When I, when I read about this, I like I don't know a lot of brands that do this, but they have a garment take back program called Regirlfriend. So once you're done loving your pieces, which will be a long, long time from now, you can send them back to be upcycled into new girlfriend gear. That's How amazing. How cool is that? Yeah. Right? So cool. Uh, so you can feel good in what you wear, whatever you're doing with Girlfriend Collective. And for listeners of this show, Girlfriend Collective is offering $25 off of a purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash slash chaos. That's $25 off $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash chaos. Girlfriend.com slash chaos. Do they make stuff for guys too, Maggie? Um, beanies and slides. Okay, well, I could use some <laughs> some new workout outfits because I put on a few extra pounds. Not a lot, but just a little, you know? <laughs> it's those annoying pounds that I can't get rid of or I need to get rid of because when you do handstand push-ups and acrobatics in your 50s, every few pounds really counts. Mm. Yeah, so. I think that means more pickleball. Yep. And, you know, California is an amazing place to play it. I've been bugging my parents so much about coming to California to visit me. <laughs> but you said not till March, right? No, I think uh next week? <laughs> not next week. Next week's a little busy. But I'm I getting mixed February... signals here. You want us to come, you don't want us to come. February would be good. Just give me like at least two weeks of a heads up so I can like not book anything for that week. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. Actually I have I think a trip all coming of you guys up. Come out. I have a trip coming up this week with Eddie which I'm really excited about, where we're going to be flying yeah. to Oregon. And um, I'm speaking for AOL. AOL. <gasps> That's exciting. Yeah, I know. It's the the Association of Oregon Loggers. Oh. Yeah, that, I don't, that AOL. <laughs> but but we're flying familiar. into Eugene, Oregon. We're renting a car. We're driving for two hours. We're going to a casino, um, which is going to be pretty cool. And then I'm speaking there for a great group. I mean, these are amazing people and they do incredible work and, in, you know, planting forests and harvesting forests and finding a sustainable way to create some, you know, lumber, which everybody needs in, uh, mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but the, I was going to tell you a story about, you know, I've traveled a lot with, with you and also with Eddie. I'd say Eddie's been on more trips with me for work to various places, right, Eddie? Like, I mean, lots of them to... New Orleans and Vegas and just Florida, lots of times, whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, like everywhere. I, I don't know. So many places, Philly, Canada. Uh, yeah, Canada. That's true. Yeah. But what, what this trip that's coming up caused me to think about Eddie was when we went to 
um, the Mohegan Sun, which is in Connecticut. Yeah. And you were young. I forget. You were like maybe 10 or 12, if that. I was, yeah. I think it was like 12. Okay, yeah. So so we could fly in, and there's a freak snowstorm while we're there. As, as we're getting to the casino, we, well, the next day, the next morning, there's a snowstorm. I take my case out because I ship my props ahead of time with my unicycle, all my props, everything. So it's, you know, I don't have to take it with me on the flight. Well, I open it up and my six foot unicycle has a flat tire. And it's like, oh, I can't use this in the show. I don't have a spare tube. And so we were like, what are we going to do? We had like an hour and a half before my speech time. Yeah. Well, we just so happened to be with the manager of the whole Mohegan Sun. He was like, I don't even know why. He was just hanging out at the hotel room and he enjoyed meeting you. And, and he was like, well, I've got a car. What's open? We're like, well, there's a, maybe we could find a Walmart, 24-hour Walmart. Yes, we're going to go. Um, we need, what do you need? I need a tube and I need a pump. And then, so Eddie, he's like, Eddie's like, all right, Eddie, you're coming with me. And so Eddie came, went with the manager in his car. They drove in the snow. I don't even think you had a coat on. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes back and now it's getting close to showtime. And I start getting the unicycle tire put back together and inflated and I'm putting it all on. And as they're introducing me, I literally had just put the chains on, but nothing was tight yet. And so I mm-hmm. handed Eddie the wrench and I said, okay, Eddie, just tighten this here and this here and this here. And once that's snug and the chain's ready, just tighten these and then we're good to go. Put it all back together and be ready for your cue. And sure enough, during the speech, when I needed the unicycle, I asked him for it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to get on this thing thinking, I hope he, I hope he put it together properly. <laughs> and then you I said I, he was like 12. Yeah, it was it was a growing moment. Yeah, I'm not like a mechanic or a <laughs> that type of person at all. That's the first and only time I've ever worked on. <laughs> and you were also like 12. Yeah, so, I was 12 years old. <laughs> so I literally mount the unicycle on the front of the stage and I start riding into the audience like I do. And on Mike, I don't even even know if you remember this, but I was like, "Good job, Eddie." Like, oh, I remember that. I totally remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, wild. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. We'll definitely check the unicycle the night before this time. Yeah, I've been traveling a lot more lately, and I've been spending more time in airports. And so many things don't make sense to me about airports. I realize also I get I can get very irritable in airports because I, it, it's like it's high stakes because everyone's trying to get somewhere, but it's also like, Maybe it doesn't need to be that high of stakes. Exactly. You know what I mean? Every, everyone's just a little stressed. Um, people will, like, go out of their way to get four feet in front of you. Or just, like, oh, my gosh. I was... <laughs> okay, question. For you, for mom, for Eddie, for anybody listening. Do you expect people to walk on a moving sidewalk? Well, I expect them to walk on the left or stand on the right, but you don't stand in the middle. Oh, my goodness. I was behind a entire family of, like, six people who were just all completely blocking. Absolutely no way to get across on a long moving sidewalk. And I was like, oh, that's frustrating. I I literally had the thought because I didn't have a bag with me. I just had my backpack. I was like, I could jump off this moving sidewalk right now. I could hop the rail. And walk because pe- people who were just regular walking were passing us so quickly. And Sometimes I, like, I, I do that. If I, I kind of eyeball the moving sidewalk and I think to myself, I can beat that. 
and I walk to the, you know, because I see how people are walking on the moving sidewalk. But generally, I love moving sidewalks because you get yeah. that almost superhero feeling of like, yeah, I'm walking, but I'm moving so much faster. It's like the feeling you get when you get off of a treadmill after you've been walking for a long time. Oh. And you're like, I'm I'm walking so quickly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was <laughs> that was one thing where I was like, why? And then I literally took a picture when I was at the airport because I thought this was funny where I was waiting um, and somebody else had bought my ticket. So it, it was like group one. Uh, which like usually I'm not group one when I board things, but I was like, that's so nice. And they literally, I'm sitting out front and they go over the PA announcements or whatever. And they're like, Hey guys, just like a reminder, we're not going to board for a few minutes. So um, please don't line up in front. And like everyone gets up and forms a line right out front. And I took a picture of it. Cause I was like, you look so silly right now. <laughs> you look so silly, but sure enough, then when they said group one, I went over there and nobody would let me in line. So I ended up boarding with like group three or four. And I was like. <laughs> no, when you're group one, you got to make your way to the front. Or people could just follow the rules and listen. They're, if you're out front, they're not going to take off without you. Um, but there was that. And the last thing that doesn't make sense to me is why don't we board the back of the plane first? Some some airlines do that and used to do that. There's different boarding procedures, different boarding philosophies. But in general, you got to let your like premier people, your first class people on ahead of time because of the overhead bins so you could store stuff. Now, what yeah. if they made the back of the plane first class so that yeah. they could board first and it would also be the back of the plane? And then they oh. also... Well, but then I guess they'd have to well, exit last. Or it's at the end, you just make everybody sit down and watch all the first class people walk past them. Oh, leave. that would not go well. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember my first experience. What's what's the airline where you don't get to pick your seats beforehand? Southwest. I think you're thinking Southwest. Of, yes, yeah. yes. I remember my first time on Southwest. I think it was my only time on Southwest. Um, and like, I walked on. I think it was you and me flying, Dad. But we like walked differently. Um, or it might have been the whole family. And I, like, asked this girl um, if, if someone was sitting there. And she just ignored me. And I was like, ma'am? Ma'am, like, is, is someone sitting there? And people will ignore you because they don't want you to sit next to them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ma'am, you are, you are 45. I bet you have children. <laughs> like, imagine if I was, if your child went on a plane and someone ignored them just because they didn't want anyone next to them. Like, that's so mean. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think people just are in general, like you said, they're a little extra stressed when they're traveling. Yeah. No, you know, they're not at their best. And you're right. It doesn't have to be that way. If everybody was just a little bit more cool, empathetic, understanding of one another, especially yeah. when they're in travel mode. But it's that whole like, I don't want to miss anything. I always feel like I'm a little late. And especially when yeah. you are late. That's why... Yeah. When you leave room for error, man, it just takes a lot of the stress out of the whole situation. And I feel like we've we've flown together like family flying and there's been people who are vocal where they're like, guys, like I'm I'm really late. I'm going to miss my flight. And we, of course, we're like, go ahead. Like, yes, go in front of us. We don't want you to miss your flight. But I feel like 90 percent of the time that's not the case. And it was just people rushing so they can. So they can sit down and, and wait some more. Yeah. <laughs> that really the, is what airports are. I'm the kind of person that will get there and 
be almost be late for my flight, but just be too like anxious to say anything to anyone. He's like, mm, I, I don't want to no, do yeah. that. I just want to, <laughs> I guess, roll the dice, see what happens. No, I get that. <laughs> yeah, but also just say excuse me, pardon me, because you're saying the people were blocking your way, you know, on the moving sidewalk and, uh, you know, on the flight or whatever. Just say excuse me because people may not realize that they're blocking or that they're supposed to stand to the right. I didn't know that till I was about 30. Not that I did it because I usually move, but, you know, just excuse me. Then if they're rude, okay, then that's on them. They're ugly, nasty people. <laughs> yeah, <a> I remember, <laughs> Dad, I remember when you and I went to Singapore and we had a few different layovers. We had a layover in Tokyo and then like we actually got to Singapore and every airport we were in, I would ask you, I'd be like, okay, um, do, do people walk on the right or the left here? Because in America, <laughs> we're used to like right side is where you walk because that is how we drive. In the UK, you drive on the left side. And so in my brain, then like you would walk on the left side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just wanted to be prepared like in Tokyo where I was like, okay, are we walking on the right or the left? Turns out doesn't matter because nobody else is asking those questions. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just trying to get, get ahead. You know, yeah. and, and to your point, what mom said about like just saying excuse me or asking a question or just standing up for yourself, you know, that's a really big skill. And Eddie, you mentioned being anxious. And I think it comes from a, um, a thought that maybe I'll be perceived as being rude or being a jerk or being dismissive of someone. But if you know what you want to express and you just do it in a way that's congruent and, you know, you're not going to be perceived that way. One time I asked somebody, I was like, you know, I had something to say that was very truthful, very honest. And I just said it. And it was in a board meeting. Right. And afterward, I said, you know, was I perceived as kind of like a jerk when I said that? And they said, well, no, you weren't because everybody knows you're not a jerk, you know? And so it's the intention behind the whatever you're saying that always comes through. So just be nice as but, you ask for and fight for what you want. Yes, but also those people in that room knew your character. You know what I mean? And I've definitely said things sometimes. We're all just... I, I also just I, I, I tend to think a lot where I'll, I'll say like excuse me or something and then I'm like oh that did sound a little pushy and it's like you can't really go back and be like hi I, I didn't mean that to sound aggressive or pushy it's kind of like oh the moment's passed um, but no I do agree that there there's a way to go about it um, and just like as a rule of thumb be kind to everyone <laughs> you know like be, be kind to strangers be kind even like even with people you never think you'll see again Mm -hmm. And you're right. In that example, those people didn't know me. But I think even when you're among strangers, when you come across sincere um, and, and honestly, don't underestimate the power of a smile. People feel like when I smile, it puts me more at risk or exposes me. But no, it's, it's a way to just express an intention. And for most of us, our resting faces aren't that pleasant. And so you have to you have to put on a pleasant face as you go in to interact with people or even sometimes as you're just walking down the street, just smile at people and notice how they're like it doesn't freak them out. They actually enjoy it. I'm a, I'm a big smiler. I smile like for as long as I can remember. I feel like I've smiled at people just so they know like. You know, like, it's okay. Like, we're, we're all, <laughs> everything's okay. Early on in um, our marriage, in fact, mom had a, a game about that. Tell, tell them about that. I used to play a game to 
to whenever I'd go out shopping in a grocery store or whatever to see how many smiles I could collect during that trip. So whenever I would, Aww. you know, pass somebody, I'd look them in the eye and I'd smile. And probably 99.9% .9 of the time, they would smile back. Yeah. Aww. She's adorable. That's true, is you do realize how many smiles you get back. But <laughs> now with masks, it's a little more difficult. That is more and difficult. So I find myself trying to smile extra hard so they can, like, see it in my eyes in or whatever. Eyes. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And that makes me laugh even more because, like, I'm like, oh, can they tell I'm smiling? And then I just, like, crack myself up because, you know, because I am. <laughs> or do you find it's really cool that if you have your hands full and you yawn, you don't have to cover your mouth? And I swear, every time I yawn with a mask on, I, I then laugh because it's like, ah, oh, I got a secret. <laughs> yeah. I um, when When I was in North Carolina, um... I I was on FaceTime with one of my friends and I was like going to grab a coffee or something. And so I was getting ready and I had a beanie on, a mask on and sunglasses on and AirPods in. And I was like, I look, I look like someone I'd be afraid of right now because <laughs> yeah. I just looked like I did not want contact with anyone. And I was like, no, I'm just cold and it's bright out and I'm wearing a mask. But it makes, it makes, um, like nonverbal communication a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. Totally. Which is a lot of communication when you're out in public. So speaking of healthy things, um, I noticed, well, two things. Number one, your juicer's on the way. I know. Mom told me, and I'm so excited. Yeah. So if you'll recall, if you've been listening to the podcast, Maggie wanted a juicer for Christmas to juice vegetables and fruits, and we got her one, and it's a nice one, and it's on the way to California. So... That's I'm good. so excited. Second thing, roller skates. You posted your first yeah. TikTok yesterday of you in roller skates. How? No. I, no. I've posted a, one before. Fake fan, dad. No. Okay. Well, that might have been a no. long while ago then. This this was the first time I was like really trying a trick, I think. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was a while I mean. ago when I first got it. Are it didn't do that well. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I think it's cool because that's one of your things is you're like, oh, I'm going to try something new that I haven't done and learn. And, and it came out great. I really liked it. I thought it did really well. But um, Thank you. I'm so sore. Are you really? <laughs> you would be. That's why I wanted to talk to you about stretching. You noticed my comment. It's like you've got to stretch yeah. beforehand. I did. <laughs> and in general, flexibility, I think, is a really underrated aspect of health. I'm such a fan of stretching, as you know. I stretch anywhere at any time to the point where, you know, it really is weird, mom would say. <laughs> mom would attest yep. to that. Um, it's the stretching yeah. in public. Stretching in public, but but I try to do it in such a way it doesn't look like I'm stretching, but it looks <laughs> it like I'm stretching. <laughs> you know, like I'll be in, in the airport in the MARTA train or in the, um, you know, the train that connects the terminals. And yeah. I'm hold the, holding the uh, handrail up here, and then I'm just kind of leaning into it, stretching up my <laughs> shoulders, stretching up my pecs. Then I'll switch hands, and it's like, yeah, nobody knows what I'm doing, right? Nobody knows. Everybody <laughs> knows. Everybody <laughs> or, or on the escalator going up, I, like, work my calves back and forth, <laughs> like a little calf, a little stretches back and forth. Because you got a long time in Atlanta. It's a very long escalator, you know? So you might as well take advantage of that time. Or if there's nobody ahead of me, I walk up the escalator holding my bags and I count how many steps I can get in before I get mm. to the top. 45. 
45 is about wow. the max before you start looking really goofy. Oh my gosh. So before people start to pick up that you're doing something a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just get over the fact that people think I'm weird. I just presume that Here's they the do thing, and though. then you know acting weird in an airport is never something you want to do. Why not? It's something he can't help. I'll let you think on that one for a bit, well, Dad. Like, like for a thousand like you know, the thousand catches rule of like when I was, you know, when I'm adamant about doing a thousand catches with five balls every day. Sometimes I have to do that in an airport because that's just the only time I have to do it. Um, I remember that growing up. Yeah. So, and, but I don't want to come off as a performer. And so <laughs> I would literally walk into a corner, face the corner and, and juggle and do my <laughs> thousand catches and do some tricks. And, and then I invariably I'm done and I turn around and there's people watching me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my I'm gosh. Invisible. Wait, dad, tell, tell about um, traveling with glow juggling balls. Which which time? Oh, the glow juggling ball. So so people just in ask general. Me, yeah. So people ask me in general, like because I I juggle knives in my speeches and I've got the unicycle and bowling ball and they're like, oh, how do you get through security? Well, as we've already established on this podcast, I ship everything ahead of time, except for my bean bags, you know, juggling bean bags and my glow balls, which are the lighted juggling balls. Um, those I travel with me because I figure if my case doesn't show up, then at least I have what I need for my speech. And, you know, it's also good for, good for me practicing along the way. Well, the balls themselves, the glow balls, are plastic balls that are filled with <laughs> plastic pellets that have batteries and wiring in them and some, like, electronic mm -hmm. circuitry. And so they have a mass to them that's unusual because they, they're full of plastic and they have this wiring, you know. And so invariably... Literally every time I go through security, almost, I get stopped. And in fact, the, T the TSA screeners have told me, oh my gosh, these look exactly like, like something we're trained to look for. They told me they yeah. look like, you know, plastic grenades, uh, like explosives. Yeah. And so um, I was like, oh, okay. And then, of course, they just test them and then they, you know... Then they know it's You okay. juggle for him sometime. Juggling takes the edge off. <laughs> well, you know, again, knowing how to like go through the system. Yeah. Every time I, I go, before I go through the scanner, I open them up, I turn them all on. And as I catch somebody's eye, I usually say to them, those are glow in the dark juggling balls or those are lighted juggling balls. And then, you yeah. know, that's just kind of like, huh, what? And then they see them. And then you always see this expression in their face where they're like, like, you know, we. <laughs> we are looking at something here that's not normal. And then they yeah. call over someone and they, then they generally screen them. And, and I, they say, what are these again? And I tell them. And then, you know, by the time I'm done, I would say three out of every 10 times, they say, could you show us? Or I just, or I just do yeah. it. I'm just like, here, let me show and, you. And you've said before, we've had the conversation where it's like, you said almost every time they stop you. And yes. the times they don't stop you, it's like, then you Everybody should be paying attention. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So do you do you have some questions? Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask. And so so the first is a, a fun question that I thought we could bounce around the room. Like you can answer awesome. it for me. I'll answer it for you. And then maybe Eddie and mom could answer it for each other. Something like that. Mm -hmm. But this is a question from Ellie. It's a super simple question. What is your go-to snack? So who wants to go first? Or guess each other's. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think that's what we are doing. So I'm going to do 
what I was oh, going to say. Oh, I know. I know dads. Oh, I, I know all y'all's. I know Eddie's. Yeah. I think I know all of y'all's too. Okay, wait, wait, interesting. wait. So you okay, go wait, first. Wait, say dads what? on the count of three. I'll say dads on three? Yes. Okay. Ready? Yes. One, two, three. Cashews. Cashews. <laughs> <laughs> we got cashews, two cashews and one dried kale. Did you say dried kale? The kale chips? Yeah, kale chips. That's it. Kale Those chips are good. good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Funny story, guys. I know this is like... <laughs> This is this is super quick. I ha- still have a burn on my arm from kale chips that I talked about like months ago on this podcast, and they had to cover it up on set because it 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 looks really bad. Like it, it looks like in a weird spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, every time someone asks me, they're like, "How'd you get it?" And I say, "Kale chips." <laughs> That's it. So sorry for the interruption. We can move on now. <laughs> I have the same burn, by the way. Really? Yeah, I think from the same thing. But um, anyway, okay, so let's do, so you said we got two cashews, one kale chips. I would have said cashews too. That was probably right. Like I literally I can't, agree, cashews. I can't walk into the uh, pantry without eating a few cashews. Okay, I Lightly think salted. we all know Eddie's, right? Let's go so, with Eddie's. Yeah, you okay. ready? Three, right. one, three, two, three. Takis. Takis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ding, ding, ding. You guys Okay, <laughs> you ready for mom's? I think oh. so. I think I know moms. I got moms, yeah. You ready? Oh, I, yep. No, I, I mean. <laughs> I think you know, Eddie. Yes, you do. Okay. Three, two, one. Trail, trail mix. Cereal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trail mix. Yeah, trail mix or granola bar. She know? does the. Um, yeah. So in bar form or in loose form. Yep. Yes, and especially the tra- the omega three trail mix mixed in with mini M and M's that she mixes her own ratio, and she's got her own special trail mix. And mom's also the only other person that eats takis, so I always like I want to say takis, but I do sometimes. But I can only eat like five, and I eat them in like three little bites each, so it's like fifteen little bites of takis and all. Okay. So, so that leaves Maggie. Maggie, and I have two answers for Maggie, but we should do the same thing. You ready, guys? I think. I'm not ready. Let's okay, see. they're thinking, they're thinking. See, I don't even really know. I feel I like do. I have a lot of different go-tos. Okay, well, so great. <laughs> well, okay. Do you want to do it at one, two, three, or just each say our own? I guess. Let's we'll do one, two, three. Okay. okay. One, yeah, you guys count down. One, two, three. Cheese, Cheese quesadilla. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I got it. <laughs> I just think about Maggie always making a coffee, which is not a snack. Oh, you but- said coffee? No, he- here were a few of the different, oh my gosh, totally cheese quesadilla when I was growing up. Yes. Um, see, now I'm trying to be more vegan, so I don't have that all the time. Um, but yes, iced coffee is definitely a good one, Mom. Um, the other one is, I was going to say, is fruit. I was I was thinking about fruit as well, especially here. I feel like I eat fruit a lot because since it's just me, it'll spoil easy. So I like try and eat it as much. Um, and the other idea I had was a, a cream cheese and tomato bagel. I was going to say that. I was going to yep. say that, but I knew the vegan thing. I was like, well, maybe she's not eating so much. But. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I haven't, I haven't really been eating that as much lately either. But cheese quesadilla, oh my goodness, I would have so many of those growing up. I remember it was the first thing you'd learn to cook, and then you were like, "I don't need to learn to cook anything else." I yeah, loved nope. it too. I'd like smell because I'd smell you making them, and then I just like walk into the kitchen and just be like, "And oh, I'd be like, Eddie, you want one?" Yeah, and I mean, you- I'd be like, "Oh, d- me? Oh, I guess." <laughs> exactly. Same. I, I knew that timing was always everybody. a little, a little sus. <laughs> yeah. Very generous. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I had everything out. Um, no, I remember my next door neighbor and I used to make cheese quesadillas all the time. And we would do this thing called a cheese salad. Why the heck did we call it that? All it would be was like we'd put a little bit of the shredded cheese just on the pan and we would just fry the cheese and be like, oh, it's a cheese salad. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not salad at all. That's that was great. a good question. Yeah, that was a really good question. Okay, thank you, Ellie, for that. This next one um, is a little bit long, and it's mostly for me, but I think it's going to spur a good conversation for all of us. Hi, my name is Ariel. I'm from Argentina, currently working in Kuwait, and I've been a professional magician and mentalist for several years now. For work reasons, I travel the world doing shows, and although I really love what I do, many times I feel empty for not being able to find the balance between what I do and being away from my family and friends. I know that money is not everything, but it's difficult to say no to these opportunities. My question is, the way I see my work when I perform, people give me something so beautiful, their time. And I use this time to give a message in each of my shows and feel it's important as an artist to be able to give that back to them. How would you recommend I become a motivational speaker to spread my positive message? Thanks so much. Your podcast makes my, make my weeks much happier and you help me a lot to be a better person. Lots of love to, to all of you. Ariel. Wow. Yes, that's isn't that that's a cool story? And, yeah. And and so what I was thinking about, um, Ariel, is I can so identify with your situation, all of it, like being torn between being with the ones you love and doing the work that you love and, and just treating your work with a sense of artistry and beauty that's, you know, it's the dignity that you bring to it. And others perceive that on some level. Some of them are going to get it, like totally get it. People who see life similar to the way you do will see what you put in. And others are just affected by it differently because of the intention that you put into your work. Um, It's kind of like, you know, when you think about artistry and musicianship or whatever, it's like there's some people who can only perceive it at one level. It's either they like it, they don't like it, or they notice something about it. But then the real artists, the ones who put themselves and all their passion into their art form, they're the ones who appreciate the other artists who do the same thing. And so you, you keep being one of those artists. Second thing I'd say about um, motivation, motivation, and there, there is a path toward like a market for motivational speaking, which kind of puts you in that same cycle again. It's like, all right, now how do I find gigs? And now I'm away from my family and all this. Instead, what I would do if I were you, which is what I did in my own life, is I just started doing it. Like if you have an opportunity to, to do a show, do something in the show that's uplifting and motivational and message driven. And you know what? That's what I did to, to learn those skills, to develop the comfort with a message for myself and to, you know, and no one ever complained. No one ever said, we hired you to do a show. And that was just too, too darn motivational. No, it's Mm -hmm. like, they were like, they just got something extra. They didn't know what they were going to get. And so I gave them a little something extra of myself. And I found that that's really what resonated. And those repetitions of experimenting safely in my own little world with it is what gave me great confidence later to say, yeah, that's the the thing that I do. Now, I'd open this up to all of you and say, you can do the same thing. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter where you go to school or like whatever. You can become more of that type of person who brings something positive and uplifting And the world needs you. Like the world needs people like you 
who are out there who are saying things that are kind, saying things, you know, noticing the empathy of others that are when people are cut in, fr- in front of you, airport, in or- airports, mm-hmm. you know, you're the one who's extending them some grace and some latitude. And so that's, that's why I think this podcast matters. Not because we want you guys to be motivational speakers, but because we're trying to live life at a higher level, right? Yeah, no, what, what I had to add to that, and, and obviously you have more expertise on the motivational aspect, but don't underestimate where your motivation and where your influence starts from. Um, like, yes, it, if you want to be a motivational speaker, that will lead you onto stages in front of audiences and all that, but don't underestimate its vast audience, you know, even, even like, <laughs> I know, I know I make a lot of TikToks, but like motivation on TikTok and motivation in your personal life and every encounter that you have, like my dad said, like, just start doing it, like working it into different places. Um, Collecting smiles. Yeah, I, I love that you brought back up the airport. Cause I, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I will, f- I do find that in airports, I've gotten really good at catching myself when I get really annoyed at things and when I want to retaliate by being the annoyance to other people that they are that I'm perceiving from them and like catching myself and being like okay how is that productive to anyone in this and kind of just like incorporating those things in your daily life I guess yeah like the you know, the, the, one of those factors that came to mind when you said that was when people complain because they suddenly realize they have to do a mechanical inspection on the plane. Like, we noticed something might be wrong with this plane, so we're going to just check that before we fly. And some people get really upset. Yeah. They're like, how dare you? We have to leave right now. I was like, no, yeah. please, check yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree. Got anything over there from the production table? <laughs> no, I think those were some great answers for a great question. And yeah. well done, well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> we are having so much fun. I love having full family podcasts. I think it creates a really good dynamic. Yeah, we should take advantage of this opportunity while Eddie's here before he. Who knows? Runs away from home again. Before I think he- all of you should should move in with me in California. I may live in a studio apartment, but we can make it work, guys. Oh, we could totally make it work. And the dogs? Oh. Yes. No, absolutely. Bring the dogs. Oh, my gosh. Guys. Guys, I have a plant. Oh, I thought you were going to say you got a dog. You got a plant. No. Congratulations. Um, it only took you yeah. like three months from when you mentioned it. And it was kind of an accident because here's the thing. We went we went to Sprouts to get some ingredients and Blythe said we need fresh basil. And for a long time we couldn't find fresh basil. And then we found a fresh basil plant. And that it was eventually we did find fresh cut basil, but they were the same price. And I was like, you know what? I think this is the time for me to take the responsibility as a plant mother, as an expectant plant mother for months on this podcast to really adopt that responsibility and so kendra now lives with me um and she's a basil plant and you eat her (laughs) and i eat her yes (laughs) that's okay (laughs) because i also water her and give her love (laughs) that's nice very good maybe you can follow and, and get her some siblings you know no i literally had that thought i was like i don't want her to be lonely and i have to remind myself that she's a plant I was thinking 
I was thinking of some parsley, some rosemary. Rosemary's easy to grow. Rosemary's easy. Can you guys see it? I just I just yeah. brought the plant. Oh, we got the plant. <laughs> oh, nice. If you're oh, watching the YouTube that. version. That's a healthy isn't, looking isn't basil plant right there. Oh, I I spilled some dirt on me. You should put it in a bigger <laughs> pot. Actually, putting it in the ground. If I put it in the ground, it it they can survive. When I keep them inside in pots, um, eventually they die. Is that something I should ask my landlord about? Yeah, you should probably ask her where she'd want you to put it. Yeah. But, but then you need another <laughs> house plant. Well, this has been a great podcast. Yeah, this has I've been really a lot of fun. enjoyed this. All right, bye. <laughs> 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 we're done <laughs> i don't want it to end but i guess it will and so let's just say ladies and gentlemen thank you for the questions today and there's a lot of other questions that you know what i've been doing maggie is i go through them and if we don't use them on the air sometimes i answer them personally and mm -hmm. uh, just to make sure you guys feel the love and and i've tried to do that with as many as i can so if you want to reach out to us go to wholesomechaos.com and you can ask your questions and or just give us a topic you want us to talk about or just send in your comments about the show. We read them all. And we really appreciate all of you just making this a part of your lives and tuning in. And it's just so incredibly special. Um, if this means a lot to you, please do us a couple favors and follow us or subscribe to the podcast so that you're getting notifications and you don't miss any episodes. And secondly, tell someone else. Tell a friend. Spread the word and spread the, spread the positive influence that you're feeling with other people as well. If you guys want to follow us on our other socials, it is Dan Thurman on everything except for TikTok. He is Maggie's dad, one, two, three. I am Maggie Thurman on everything. My brother is the Eddie Thurman on Instagram, Eddie underscore Thurman on Twitch, which you should go check him out on. And my mom doesn't want you to follow her. <laughs> <laughs> she really wants me to follow her, but that's okay. <laughs> but she's, she's awesome. And so if you want to keep up with my mom, you just got to keep listening to the podcast. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys tune back in next week. I love you, Maggie. Love you, Dad. Love you, Eddie. Love, love you, you, honey. You guys. A lot of love going on. And we love you, everyone. Take care. Have a great week. Max and Bye. Wholesome chaos. Max and Dad's. I've been looking at this new house plant. It's like these really like exotic mushrooms, but you can only buy them on like certain street corners of LA. No, honey. Oh. Stick no. with the basil, the rosemary, yeah. the cilantro. You don't even like mushrooms. I don't even, that's true. I don't even like mushrooms. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.